you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Guardian. Guardian. And welcome to In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and the Destiny community. Wherever you are and whenever you're listening, we want to thank you as always for making this show a part of your Destiny experience. My name is Jorge. My name is David. And my name is Jordan. And as always, we want to start the show by making sure that you guys check out all the other amazing podcasts that are available here on the Mash Those Buttons network at www.mashthosebuttons.com. Get involved with the show by sending us email to inorbitpodcast at gmail.com or send us a tweet on Twitter at inorbitpodcast. Also, check us out on the Twitch. We're on www.twitch.tv slash dsbolt and also www.twitch.tv slash imtbot. Is that correct? Yep. Cool. I got that correct. Yay. <laughs> and I sounded really old there for a second on the Twitch because this is where all the kids are going. So, today's show is all about Destiny 2. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. We are here again, and I'm so excited to really be talking about this because it's been a long time coming. There's a lot of awesome stuff. Before we even get into anything, I'm pretty sure it's universal from all three of us. We love the game. The reason I want to get that out is because we're going to go in-depth on things that we like, certain things that we may prefer changed or altered in some way shape or form so i don't want you to think that we hate the game that it's absolute garbage or whatever no i think that it's absolutely fantastic and i think i'm speaking for all three of us when i say that am i correct yeah yeah. i'd say so all right so big shout out to everybody who's watching the stream live i want to definitely send a shout out to you guys because we definitely love you guys um definitely have some questions going on for the end of the show It'll be a long one, and as a warning to whoever's listening to the show or watching us live on Twitter or on Twitch, I'm sorry. You do sound we may old. get into we may get into certain things that might be spoiler. <laughs> now, um, we're gonna hold off on big spoiler stuff with regards to the story, um, as to what exactly happens. Only thing is, treat this game like it was a Marvel movie. Stay after the credits. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say with regards to that because there's a big thing that harkens to a certain loading screen of Destiny 1 that makes you want to... Whoever was watching the stream knows exactly what I just did. Whoever didn't, I just screamed like a little girl and I was waving <laughs> my hands. So, let's get right into it. Little girl hands David, confirmed. <laughs> David... I'll let you start. What are your initial impressions of Destiny 2? Okay. Well, uh, first off, I mean, I'm glad to be back. I've been gone for a few weeks. I didn't even F get to you. talk about the PC beta. Who which is this? Who cares? Beautiful. Who is this again? But, um, 
Destiny 2, man. Oh my god. It is this is a different game. This isn't this is this is Destiny, but it isn't Destiny. Like there is a big worry from a lot of people, myself included, that uh, because it was a sequel, it was going to hold on to too much that was Destiny that that could slow this game down, hurt this game, but it didn't. Like it changed everything. That honestly, it was oh, from the get go fantastic. The story had me like pulled in. I didn't want to stop playing the story. I just wanted to finish it and find out what happened. Um, the way things work, the amount of stuff to do, like you honestly feel. There was a there was an interview I read a few days before the game came out where a um, news media person had gone in and played the game and they're like it's kind of overwhelming at first and I was like Psh, overwhelming this is Destiny man like it's not overwhelming and it it was it really is like there are points where it it feels kind of overwhelming right when you start the game all the adventures all the quests all the um, lost sectors everything you can do there's just so much i go to do a story mission and it takes me an hour to get there because i do four public events and two lost sectors on my way to this this story mission and it's it's awesome uh my initial impression is this game is so much fun way better than destiny one there you go (laughs) yeah that's the that's the show everyone (laughs) (laughs) i like short shows cool bye-bye Anyway, um, David, um, David, Jordan, oh, go ahead and oh. give your your quick synopsis on your initial impressions. Quick synopsis: Game starts. It's super nostalgic. You actually get like injected in the game. Like you feel like you're in the game. You feel the guardians' plight. You feel the desperation that they feel in the beginning. I love that. Um, the story missions start. You get into the gameplay, and it's fantastic. The quality of life improvements that they've made. I- I'm loving it. Like I don't think about all those things anymore about the leveling and the mechanics and all this crap that we used to complain about and sort of gripe about but we dealt with because the core of the game was good now not just the core of the game but the all of the game is good (laughs) i mean yes it's not perfect but it's good it's at least good in every aspect that i've seen and i've been loving it and the end of the uh, campaign came and then we got into stuff or i got into stuff past the campaign um, and it's just been fantastic. I'm like, having fun clearing places out and exploring and finding new missions. Things pop up. Like I wasn't sure how much was going to pop up and so much popped up. Like I was honestly flabbergasted with the amount of stuff that's popped up thus far in the game. And I haven't even maxed my character out yet to the point where I can do all of this stuff. And I've already, I'm already feeling like there's too much to do right now. So I, I'm just I'm I'm in love and I I literally want to be playing right now. It's this is very difficult for me to be sitting here doing a podcast right now. Yeah, I mean I definitely love everything that we're able to do. There's so much to do. There's it's so oh, yeah. fun to just go in and just blast things. Uh, the enemies are fun to shoot at. The gameplay is solid. Um, even though I'm supposed to be doing story missions, I'm doing like 700 public events. It, it's just, it's fun to get in there and just watch chaos. And, and anybody that's listened to the show knows that one of my favorite things and one of my favorite game experiences was jumping into, um, horde mode in Gears of War 2. That was just some of the most fun I've ever had in Destiny. I mean, in gaming, I should say. Right. And in many ways i feel a lot of that happening especially in these public events there's just nonstop 
enemies to shoot. Especially when you trigger the heroic. Oh my god. Heroic the, should be renamed Hectic. Yo, the yes. hero the heroic is awesome. I've I, I loved how like I actually figured out how to do that without any guides. I don't know if you guys just sort of happened upon it and figured it out. I figured out the first one by myself. I was like, whoa, I think I figured it out. And then I looked it up. It's like that's cool. Yeah, I haven't I haven't looked you like on the cookie? internet. Uh, I haven't I've, looked on I've had plenty. I'm good. <laughs> I haven't looked on the internet for any activation of heroics. That my my whole thing has been trying to figure out what triggers a heroic. Yep. There are still um, there's still like one or two I don't know. So which ones don't you know? I don't uh I don't want to spoil that for people. I think that's a cool surprise. I honestly don't remember. There's there's I just know there's one that I was doing where I was like I don't know how to get the heroic for this one. I mean, I know that I know the fallen walker I know the uh, one with the shields. I know the one with the um, ship. Uh, I don't know. I can't name them all, but. Good yeah, talk. I, I, I'm I'm really liking a lot of the activities um, and just a lot of the, the, the game in general. It's just so much fun to play. What's what's your um, what's your favorite activity you've type of activity so far that you've played in? Hmm. It could be story, it could be public events, it could be lost sectors, adventures, like favorite activities. I think it's the heroic public events, honestly, because because they're so hectic and crazy. Like I have the most fun doing those. I keep finding myself getting sucked into doing them, even though I'm in the middle of doing an adventure or something like that. It's like public mm-hmm. event, you know, <laughs> I'm literally the same way, dude. It's it's uh, Jorge had a good mention the other day when we were playing. He said they reminded him of the ESO public events. And it's true. That's what they remind me of, mm. which if you haven't played the game, it's basically like a chain falls to the ground um, and then it's just 50 enemies just appear. And there's like 50 to 100 people all spamming this one area, killing all these enemies. And that's kind of what it feels like. It's not as many enemies and as many uh, guardians fighting, but it. It's just so much fun to play those public events. And when was the last time like a public event could have been happening in D1 when I was going and I'd just be like, all right, bye, public event, whatever. But now I'm stopping at all the public events. It's true. Yeah, The real cool thing about public events is that if you trigger the heroic, you have a higher chance of getting an exotic engram. I've gotten four from those public events, something like that. And it's helped me leveled up. So they're pretty beneficial. Uh, when you've completed everything. I'm one of those type of people who I completed literally everything to do in the EDZ. I've opened up every regional chest. I've opened up, I went into each Lost Sector, and we'll talk about Lost Sectors because there's a couple yeah. things that I want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Every adventure, every story, everything that I could possibly do in the EDZ, I did. But um, you're not done because Lost Sectors reset. No, they don't. Yes, they do. We'll, you, we'll can, talk, you can farm we'll, them, man. We'll we'll talk about that in a second. So, give me a hold up. Um, but yeah, just I I definitely think to answer your original question, um, public events and possibly the final mission of the story. I okay, th- th- it's hit or miss with regards to to that. Um, so we'll talk about that in, in a little bit. But let's go ahead and and go step by step with regards to. Our initial impressions. Let's talk about the graphics, and the graphics are absolutely amazing. Oh yeah, they're 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 so beautiful. I can only imagine what this looks like on 4K, and and this is without HDR enabled. 
the waves of Titan, the water, whatever that is, <laughs> methane, gas, whatever. It, it looks absolutely fantastic. And I had a moment. I'm going to date myself again. And I said, I know I said this uh, when you were in the party, David. Um, it felt for me the same way when I stepped outside of Link's house in Link to the Past on the Super Nintendo and you saw the rain for the first time. You're like, oh, my God, my Super Nintendo can do this. <laughs> and I looked at the water in Titan. I'm like, oh, my God, the PlayStation 4 can actually do this. That was it was at that moment. I was like, yeah, this definitely can't be on PlayStation 3. This can't be on Xbox 360. Like, see it is absolutely gorgeous it is gorgeous absolutely gorgeous it is gorgeous but that's because you didn't play it on uncapped frame rate at 4k ah, that's just wait man man pc pc I, oh that that scene you're talking about on titan is going to be the most beautiful thing i've ever seen when you can use the optimized graphics from the pc version just say mm -hmm. i'll have to agree with you on that it, it looked really really good on pc the beta just the beta. But it but for a console game, it looks fantastic. It it and I, I'm I'm impressed how I haven't been dropping frame rates in, in some of these events where in Destiny One I feel like I was dropping frame rates a lot. Um like you have these these hectic scenarios in D one where um the like the raid, uh Wrath of the Machine where the Zamboni's going and all these frames are dropping and like people kind of pin that on the PS4 but in D2 um this I don't know if they optimized the system or something but I'm having these hectic public events like there's some pretty hectic story missions at point uh yep. the the final story mission gets pretty hectic for a little bit there and like I wasn't dropping frame rates or anything it still just looks great as I was playing yep yeah, it, it looks absolutely fantastic. I, I think it's it's really, really... The job that they did on PC... I'm sorry, on PS4 and Xbox One makes me happy that I, I got the version that I did. Um, I'm not saying that the PC version isn't going to be miles better, but I'm really, really impressed with the art direction, the quality of graphics. It, it, it looks really, really good, and it just makes waiting for that to see all the different images, all the different stuff that we've seen on the PlayStation 4 or Xbox One, that much more exciting for uh, PlayStation, uh, for PC. Uh, I'm, yeah. It's it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And there's so many things that are going... Like, there's a, hero, there's a heroic public event that will have two different tanks. Or there's even a strike that has two Cabal tanks. And those are huge monstrosities. That definitely could not have happened in D1 effectively. There would have been massive dra uh, frame issues. So to see that in Destiny 2 happening with almost what feels like hundreds of enemies all around you, at least 30 or 40 enemies, you understand why that they couldn't do 60 frames per second on the consoles. Almost. Yeah. Almost. For now. Because yeah, sort of until we get the PS5. Right. So I, I, I definitely I'm seeing a lot of enemies, a lot of chaos, a lot of stuff that definitely would have been hard to do on, on Destiny 1's engine. And I'm, I'm glad to see it. it. It Graphics, thumbs up. Fantastic. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about the music. Um, in particular, mm. the if you didn't get the album, oh my. it's definitely available on Amazon. It's available on iTunes, all that. It's but uh, available gonna... to listen to on YouTube. 
the whole thing. Yep, it's the whole thing's available, uploaded by Bungie on YouTube. You can check it out. But if you prefer to buy it and support Bungie, they will give you an emblem that you can have on your character. And yep. charity, because buying things from the Bungie store does yeah, support the Bungie it's Foundation. It's the Bungie Foundation, exactly. Correct. That's why I, and I prefer to do that. And it's available on all different spots for 10 bucks. Money that goes to the Bungie store gets you uh, an extra emblem, plus money goes to charity. So I recommend the Bungie store personally. Um, the music is absolutely fantastic. I think every single song really captures a moment of the either the, the excitement going on, the impact, the story, whatever. It's absolutely fantastic. It is a slightly better than the Rise of Iron Music. And I'm and that's not a put down. I think the Rise <laughs> of Iron Music was easily some of the best tracks in Destiny at uh, completely. Destiny 2, it's it's just slightly better. When you get the 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 violins when you're walking and and you're without light and that it's that somber yeah you know strings you're just like it, it it's it's really capturing the emotion of that of that scene and i think that's fantastic david i know you were about to skewer me or say I something know, i was just i was just gonna you you said something about the music and i was just like i was i want to be like yeah but i didn't want to you know jump in front of you because literally when i was playing dude especially that first story mission that you were just talking about when you don't have light like that music was hitting me hard like i was sitting so i was <clears throat> i was streaming and i literally was like okay guys i'm not talking anymore i just want to listen you can listen with me because the music and every time something new for destiny has released um i usually will play music in my streams and i turn it off for this reason exactly i did the same thing i turned it off because i just want to listen to the music and honestly my favorite track that i've heard so far was when the memories came up on my screen when it loaded in it was telling me about the vault of glass and when i completed it and when i completed crota and when i completed king's fall and who i completed it with and the music that was playing during that was like beautiful music for like going back and thinking about ah it was so good so good man, i don't know music gets me man music gets me hard one thing well, about that too uh, i, I kind of said that and, wrong okay it's okay. one thing about that that memory right there that you were talking about that a lot of people don't realize when you're looking at a specific memory the music matches what is happening what the action was yeah so for example if you're watching or if you see the 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 one about King's Fall and Oryx is there, it changes to the da na 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 the King's Fall theme. And then if you're watching, if you switch over to the one for Wrath of the Machine, it'll go into the one about Wrath of the Machine. It's it's, it's amazing how easily it flows into one another. It, it, they did an amazing job with that little tribute to um, the older players, the the. The oldies, if you want to call them or whatever, um, that 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 was an that was a hell of a tribute, and it made me think about those moments. I was like, a lot of these people aren't on my friends list anymore. They they I stopped talking to them or whatever. They it was the first time I ever played with them. I I, I just I I got a bunch of messages from people saying, "Yo, remember when we did Skull Loss? I I still have it right here." I was like. Yo, that that's cool. That's a really cool little moment. And I, I think that's really that was extremely well done by Bungie. It's a nice little touch. Doesn't change the game for anybody, but 
it was a nice memory memorial or whatever you want to call of your previous expo exploits. Um, and let's talk about the cinematics now, because we yeah. saw a lot of them uh, leading up to the game, and there's a whole lot more in in it. Uh, what'd you think of the cinematics? They I were like them. awesome. I like them, and uh, they I I didn't even mind them. I, I actually wanted them, and mm -hmm. they fit well. They fit well. They did everything that I wanted them to do before we actually got the game. Uh, yeah, very well Same. done. Very well integrated. Same thing. Literally, I'm playing the stories and I'm like, can I get cutscenes now? Like, I know I'm playing. I'm having a good time shooting stuff. But like, can we get another cutscene? Can we get another? Can we get another? And like, honestly, uh, not really a spoiler, I guess. But uh, there are cutscenes of Gaul and what's going on with him. Those were amazing. And those were my favorite cutscenes, and I kept being like, I mean, I was, I was telling you guys when I was so basically to those filling you all in. I was behind on the story because I had to work a lot this week, and these people had completed it, and they're like, "We want to talk to you about the story," and I'm like, "I'm not done," and they're like, "You have to finish." So I'm sitting there the whole time, like, well, "Guys, when do I get to see Gaul again?" Hey guys, like I just completed another mission. Like, when do I get to see Gaul again? Because those cutscenes. Man, it was beautiful. It it built up the enemy in a way that we've never seen an enemy built up in Destiny. It, it literally made the story like a movie, and I loved it. Mm, I'm going to disagree with you there because I think that the buildup that they had for Oryx was actually well done. Um, it, it was well done, but I think this was better. I think, mm. I think this was better, too, because you had the whole experience of the game surrounding it, too. I'm gonna personally disagree with you, but <laughs> I understand why you 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 like this approach. Okay. Cool. Uh, I, 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 to each their own. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we're we're gonna be talking about story here, um, <laughs> anyway. So we'll we'll just move on to the next one since I think it's universal. We like the the cutscenes a lot. Um, story, I believe, is where this game is strong, but also weak. And what I mean by that is this. Um, in terms of story, from worst to best, in terms of Destiny, you have The Dark Below, which is the absolute worst. Then you have Vanilla Destiny, which is just cut and paste of everything that happened. Um, House of, uh, I'm sorry, not House of Wolves, uh, Rise of Iron, Destiny, uh, Taken, uh, The Taken King, then Destiny 2, I'm sorry, I'm mixing them all up. Rise of Iron, Destiny 2, House of Wolves, Taken King. To me, really? Taken King is still the absolute best story. Really? Um, and the reason that I feel that is that while they did a lot of good stuff with Gaul, and, and way better stuff with Gaul than they've done with, say, the Siva Crisis or whatever you want to call that. That, that was, a, that was I, didn't, I, I, pers I didn't have any connection to the boss at the end of Rise of Iron in the raid. There's no connection. He just appears. He's somebody to shoot. With regards to this character, there's, 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 you have reasons. Like he's actually invading. You're seeing his story. There's a lot of cool stuff there. That being said, like I never once got the feeling that he was a threat outside of the ending of Homecoming. Outside of that, he's just talking to the speaker. There's yo, no, there's, yo, stop, bro. 
You just dropped a spoiler and didn't say spoiler. Uh, we said spoiler at the beginning of the show. True. That we would be talking about story, that the possible spoilers, and I'm not going to go into details because we've seen that he's talking to the speaker <laughs> in a cutscene. So, Bruh. I mean, there's a lot of him talking to the speaker, and it, and it looks like he's come to coming to realization of things that are happening. And then when you finally fight him at the end, it, it there's a you're not sure, like it almost feels like a different character, in, in my opinion. Like he, he's he's all like, "I'm gonna kill you," and then like everything that you've done leading up to that is him being kind of manipulative, kind of cold, analyzing the situation, wanting the power. And then you get this guy at the end who's, you know, full on, I'm going to destroy you. Here's my power, blah, blah, blah. And I, there was a slight disconnect there. I I, I think that in terms of story, the first third kind of uh, very cool because it's about you. The second third with regards to the Vanguard, I didn't like it all that much. I thought that was the weakest part of the story. I can agree with that. Yep. And then the the last third, where you're mounting the the final offensive, I think that even though it's it, it was strong, they had a very big opportunity to do something cool um, with the Vanguard, and they didn't. In fact, I if, outside of the very first homecoming mission, you don't really do anything with the Vanguard. I'm, and th- and that I think is a negative because you're in homecoming. You're you're. It almost feels like you're fighting alongside Cade and Ikora and especially Zavala, and you don't ever have that interaction again. And I think that's a problem because it, 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 the game made you feel like okay, you're going to be working with them, and and it's cool that you see Cade in when you when you're on Nessus and you're rescuing him. But outside of that, like you never encounter Zavala on on Titan, you never encounter um, Ikora outside of the opening cutscene. So I think there was a missed opportunity in the middle, and a missed opportunity to have them involved gameplay wise in the missions. I agree with that. The, oh, yeah. There's a mission called yeah. Zavala's Grand Entrance, and he does nothing. We were the Grand Entrance, man. We were. we were the granite. What did he do? He did squat. Well, okay. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to say now that I, I'm going to go into full spoiler for about three to five minutes. So mm-hmm. tune out for these three to five minutes if you don't want to know anything and haven't played through all the story yet. Um, Zavala at a point, uh, like he doesn't have his light. None of them have their light. So they're basically relying on you. And they, they make that very evident in the story. They're like, you have your light. Like, you have to do it because I can't. And the whole grand entrance thing, like I agree, it's kind of lame that it's you. And the only thing that I didn't like is when you get to the point where you're going to board Gaul's ship and the three of them are like, oh, we're beat down. Like, you got to just go do it alone, even though we've been sitting here waiting for you to get here and we were supposed to be the three that did it and not you at all. That really bugged me because I thought that was a great opportunity to bring those three with you and then that's when they could get beat down. Like if those three were fine and then you get there, they go with you. Then you see Kay's arm get shot off. He goes down. Then Zavala takes a hit. He goes down. 
Then Ikora comes with you. She goes down last. And then you have to push on and fight Gaul solo. That's cooler to me than them just being there, sitting there waiting for you. And then nothing. You just go. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not to interrupt you, uh, Jordan. I know you have feelings that you want to want to get across. But I, I, I just wanted... In the missions where you're you're going to the different planets to, to unify the vanguard together, even if they didn't have their light, like you see it in in, in the one um, the one cinematic that they had at the gameplay premiere for Zavala, where he's going around, he's shooting the, the fallen and he's punching the fallen. He like he he's not using his light. Outside of yes, he does go into full on. But before that, like he was very clearly shooting people, and and there's he's like, oh, we can't lose any more guardians to the to the uh, to the darkness or to the hive. Like, then why are you hiding? Like, why aren't you sh- over here with me? Like, why aren't you helping me? You know, shoot these enemies down. Like, where where are you? And on top of that, too, not only do you have the Vanguard representative on each planet, but then there's a specific character on that planet. And while I'm not expecting, for example, Asher um, to shoot any guns, it would be cool if you were, you know, taking him from place to place and he's like, oh, I'm researching this. I'm looking at this. And oh, (laughs) will you hold off these pesky annoyances, Guardian? And he's just like doing his research while you're you're shooting things. The pesky annoyance. He is, but but that would be kind of that, that would be cool to have um, that sort of interaction. No, I agree. Um, it's, we, we talked about this before it came out. We were like, we want them to come with us on missions. Yep. And mm-hmm. they once again had a chance. They had a better chance for it to happen, but instead they didn't do it, and then made the Vanguard seem really weak, in my opinion, because the Vanguard wasn't. They wouldn't do anything. They're like, oh, we don't have the light, so we're just gonna tower in a corner. Blah, blah, blah. And the whole time Hawthorne's like, screw you guys, I'm gonna go do it. I haven't had the light my whole life. I'm just gonna go be right. a badass all the time. <laughs> right. She yeah, was a good I'm, character. I'm, yeah, Hawthorne. Character. All three of them all three of or there's four of them actually, aren't there? You got yes. Hawthorne, you got Failsafe, which is my favorite. Failsafe's awesome. Of, yep. yep. Especially when you're on the strike and it's like uh, what is it, Captain? I need to speak to speak to you alone. Vanguard policy says beep. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you, you <laughs> um. So I love uh, love failsafe. Asher, you got to get used to him. He he he, he kind of warms up. Uh, you warm to him, and then He's the third one is yes, right. And then the third one is on Titan, and I forget her name, and and she was the one I liked the least, but. It would have been cool if you fought with her. It's, I'm going to get crucified for not remembering the names. I'm sorry, people. Um, but Hey, we're sucked into the game. I can't remember all the names. Wait, who, who is this person we're trying to think of? Are you trying to think of Devon K? The, the female Titan on Titan. The one that oh, was Commander with Zavala. Sloan? Commander Sloan. Yep. Uh, yeah, her. Thank you. Th- um, Sloan would have been cool if you were fighting with her. Yeah. Like, there, was a, there were missions where it's like, yo, I'm going to... Uh, uh, I found this area. I'm going to take you to it. And she's shooting hive with you. And and you don't get that. These are missed opportunities, which I feel would have added a lot to the story. Um, And then the story just becomes a glorified version of, or the missions become a glorified version of what you've encountered in destiny one. Not that that's a bad thing. Um, 
but you're ending up doing a lot of stuff. In fact, a lot of the missions are go to a place, activate something, clear out ads. Yeah. That and that's unfortunate. I I thought that they would have done a little bit better with regards to the missions. Um and it's it's unfortunate because the adventures end up being more interesting than the actual story missions. I can agree um, with that. There's 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 certain adventures where you have the, the one adventure on EDZ where you have to get to the area, teleport all the uh, all the uh, bombs up and then you're blowing every, every or you're setting traps for the cabal. That was amazing. I was like, oh my god, everything just got obliterated. It's hilarious. I love it. And, and I think that was really cool. Then you have the other adventures that you know take you into, let's say, a um what is it called? The the lost sectors. Those are fun too, because some of those get absolutely insane. They change the lost sector up and how it is that you from when it would have been on patrol. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Those are really, really cool. Okay. I will say that um, I did kind of feel that at times uh, with this, with regards to the story missions that it was too much running and shooting and then running and shooting and then running and then shooting. And I wish I learned more from the story missions and I wish there was more like in, even in destiny one, like we rip on it, but there were, there were missions where it was like, okay, like we need to secure this info from this old database. So like, uh, let's go in there. Oh no, they shut down the power. We're going to have to reestablish the power in these three spots. Like that's the stuff you get from adventures in destiny two, but the story wasn't so much as that. It was more, let's invade this base and shoot people 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 and shoot people, which I will get it. Yeah. And they threw in some good mix ups with vehicles and stuff. But I, I agree there, there could have been more, um, to the story missions where you had to actually, do something and have more to work towards rather than just you know shooting people right because i think that some of the strikes especially uh this week's nightfall um just the regular version too like where you're taking the uh the the cores and you're putting it in in other places like that is absolutely fantastic because it feels almost raid like the one about the the mechanic the pyramidon that one's awesome. It's it's basically baby vault of glass with a little bit of phantom menace uh, with the laser walls that are blocking your path. That is absolutely amazing. That's what I want. And unfortunately, they didn't put enough of those mechanic styles in the story missions. Which I, under, which, I understand they might not have wanted to as much because most people play the story solo. But there are some easy solo mechanics they could throw in. But even then, like, for example, in the Pyramidon, where you have to have two people or you have to activate the, the sides, in Destiny 1, they had similar stuff like that where you had to activate a plate by yourself. Right. Or you could have done it by yourself. So I don't buy that. You can easily change the mechanics to fit a specific person. So I think that there are very big missed opportunities that they mm-hmm. had with regards to the story itself, the main campaign, where I felt that it was kind of, it was strong, and then there was very, very weak stuff. But we're, like they didn't do enough to really set it at the, the at the level I expect. But while we're picking it apart, we still loved it. Oh, I, I think it's still one of the one of the best stories that they've had. Again, I don't hate the story. I think that they could have done more, so that I would have enjoyed it more than I did with then House of Wolves or Taken King. T- 
Taken King established Oryx as a threat and if, from the beginning. Same thing with um, Destiny 2. They establish um, Gaul as a threat. Problem is, whereas you fight Oryx throughout the story, throughout the campaign, there's, like you're seeing shades of Oryx. Even after his death, you're still encountering shades of Oryx. Gaul, you never really encounter, and, and his story is just him talking to somebody. And there's not enough like, yo, I need you to go blow up this, or I need you to go do this. Like it's just it's it's basically everybody else reacting to what you're doing, and him just being there, kind of oblivious and just letting things happen. To the to then somebody has to tell him, yo, if you don't do this, we're gonna have our first loss. I'm not gonna say who because it kind of spoils things, but yeah, <laughs> which is which yeah, that's true. I mean. It, it, there's this thing where they wanted that to be it. That's how they wanted it to be. And they, they made it very evident with Gaul's cutscenes that they wanted him to be so obsessed with one thing that he wasn't even paying attention to you, which makes sense. But I did like, I agree with you in the fact that I did like in the Taken King, Oryx is being continually established throughout the campaign. You're continually seeing him and things he's doing. And if Gaul had so much as like shown up once or twice in the middle to like stomp you, and then leave and let his minions finish you off. And then you're able to escape like that changes the game as compared mm-hmm. to he's there. Uh, he kicks you off a ledge and then he's gone until basically the very end. Yeah, I, I mean, I he actually says in one of the, the cutscenes, like the guardian got his light back. That would immediately like trigger me up if I'm if I know what these guardians can do. And know that in order to conquer Earth, I had to cover the Traveler to stop the light. And all of a sudden, one of them gets their light back. I would kind of be like, what is going on here? Well, basically, put this, putting it into perspective, he was basically told, hey, there's an immortal person who's now fighting us. Right. <laughs> it's like, save the cheerleader, save the world. You are the cheerleader. <laughs> For people that don't get that reference, I'm talking about um, heroes. But actually kind of using Heroes. Heroes was a good show. I, Don't you dare do that, Jordan. Actually, it was a good show for the first and, and yeah, half yeah. of the second season. It. And then it I went, got, yeah, I was going to say. I watched it every started, single episode. It was a good show while Hayden Panettiere was in it. No, it was never a good show. It when, started she was, good, but it never got great. And it went downhill. Yeah. Right. Um. So kind of using the example of Heroes. Our character almost feels Ooh. like Peter Petrelli. Like the like he has all this power and everybody around him is like, you need to use it and do this and this and this. And they're using you <laughs> to like advance what needs to happen. And they're not doing anything. So it's pretty much I, I, I feel that there was a lot of potential for the story. The actual main campaign. It hit up on, on a lot of good points and then it kind of. It, it, the finish didn't feel as good as it would have been had certain things happened. And let but me tell you, awesome. it was still awesome. the the final The final mission. What's really cool is you're in a certain place. I'm trying to be as spoiler free as we can. I'm trying to be as spoiler free as possible. You're in a certain place, and you kind of have the same thing happening that you did in. Um, when you're in the plaza of, of the tower in Homecoming, where you can have multiple people playing with you 
and fighting alongside you. Oh, right, that right, is right. really cool. Oh, okay. Here's why I didn't like that. I, I forgot that I didn't like this, but because you brought it up, I did not like that because it broke the immersion of the story. The entire story is based around the fact that you are the only guardian with light. So why am I then walking through this place and there are other people with light? Because, David, you're a poo-poo head. I'm just saying, it broke the immersion of the story, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I thought it was cool. I think that it would have been better if there were NPCs that were shooting along with you. Yeah. Like, like I said, Vanguard. Uh, all right. Well, not only the not only the Vanguard, but when you when I mean, you, this isn't a spoiler because you've seen cutscenes of this. You see people with uh, the Vanguard. They're not with them at the end. Did you see the uh, <laughs> what happened? To that? Um, did you see the one cutscene with the Vanguard where there's a warlock wearing the vault of glass armor? Yes, I loved it. I thought yeah, that was cool. I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, yo. Like I said, there's so much I like. Like the look, the the feeling, the gameplay, the stories, uh, the, the how certain things felt. They felt great. I think that the story is unfortunately the weakest part of the game. Not it's wor- not it, Not that it's terrible. But I think that in terms of everything that was there, I think it was the weakest part. And they could have done more. To ensure that it was at least as good as Taken King, I don't entirely the campaign agree with that, but yeah, I, 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 I still think the campaign for Taken King, like it, it, it led to a crescendo. Even if the final boss fight of the campaign was weak, see, um, I this, I, this, I think this, there this, were parts of Taken King that were better, but I don't think you can say it was better. Yeah, I, my problem whole. with this whole conversation, I'm, I'm not really, uh, I'm not really breaking in too much because. The conversation that I want to have is like super spoiler heavy, so I really don't want to talk about it for people. That we'll save that for like two weeks for now. We'll yeah. we'll save that for next week. We'll so, we'll start talking. I just that's all I wanted to say. I didn't want to interject because everything I want to talk about is really spoiler heavy. So I'm just gonna mm-hmm. leave it at what you guys said. I think Taken King was good personally. I think that what they did with this story for Destiny Two with Gaul is. Maybe not better is just as good, but the potential is greater now. I think I I see what they're doing with it as a story, and it's it looks pretty damn good. I think we are going to be blown away in a couple weeks. So how about that uh, voice acting, though? Voice acting was absolutely spot on. Yeah, it's so good. dude. I I think that everything like they, they showed so much emotion. Um. Whoever wrote this, whoever wrote all the lines, oh my god! Like, yeah, hats off it's like, to them. Thank God like, we have a we, we have a coherent story. Oh yeah, yeah, you have that, and it's the lines are edited well, so yeah. that helped. I mean, what what? There's only one character that kind of annoyed me, and it's gonna sound weird. <laughs> I didn't entirely like Zavala. I agree, dude. I totally agree. I didn't even really notice him the whole time. He just the reason I say I didn't. I don't entirely like Zavala. (laughs) Well, not so much that. The reason I kind of don't like Zavala is he has his moments where he goes full on William Shatner, and and it's just like, dude, everybody else can get a sentence across. Guardian, we have a situation. Yeah, we're going to be. Investigating. 
this yeah the pauses computer i'm like <laughs> dude just like no other character has pauses like him like every single sentence you could just put dot 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 continue the yeah, sentence i'm like right come on like yeah. spit it out <laughs> I, was, I, and the only thing that made him good was when he had things with cade and cade was making him good <laughs> which is unfortunate because he started off really strong in the gameplay uh reveal where like he's talking about his story and that was really well yep. done and in this game he's just like pause pause <laughs> it's like come on man yep, yep. so what about the other characters so I, though i mean Cade I, did not disappoint he no, didn't he, no. he I, I had no issues with him <laughs> i think ikora's was the most well developed and the reason i say that is she goes through periods where she's like super confident super strong when you get on io is that where, yeah she's on yep. io when you get to io like she's looks like she's about to break down. And then when she sees you having the light, she's like, there's potentially hope. And then she's finally like wants to start, you know, wants to start this. She still has moments of hesitant uh, when she's hesitant. Um, and then like she's full on all into it. She's given her all. So I, I think that she that her character was the most well-developed. Zaval is pretty much a straight cut guy. Cade, he's a quick gyps all that i i think that what you got from kate is kind of what you expected that's not a good thing that's not a bad thing but it wasn't there wasn't enough surprise with him so in of all the three i think icors is my favorite because Mm. of every of how well she was developed but i get why people love kate i'm not i don't hate kate i just think that he was exactly what we expected yep no i'll agree with that icor did have some great development the way she sort of showed her emotion, showed her humanity during the story, and in the end, how she sort of changed her outlook on things. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, that's a little bit of a spoiler, I guess. But, uh, but you know, Failsafe was... Failsafe, I think, oh actually my. stole the show from Cade when you had Failsafe in the story. Yes. As yes. the comic release. Failsafe that, and Cade at what, the same time, dude. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That, that's, that's another thing. Ooh. That's like a the, the layering of the two, the way she... Sort of interacts with him in her dialogue, I guess. It was like, this is funny. I was like, you know, sometimes when Cade says a funny line, you laugh because it's a, you know, it's supposed to be funny. But with her and the way she was saying things, and with her, like, I don't know if it was like multiple personality, dual DID thing, <laughs> but I was actually just laughing. Like, I was, it was, it was like a like laughing me. reaction, you know? It was like, I, I'm really, really excited to play more, um, more with the uh, failsafe character, do more missions and stuff like that in that area, which I haven't really gotten to do much yet. So, really cool thing about failsafe. So you got the comedy, but there, there's a mission where you're learning about the crew of Exodus Black, and Ooh, yeah, it almost seems like failsafe also goes through a progression, and this yep. is not something that you'd expect from a machine. So I thought that was for all you it threw me for a loop too. For, for all you lore junkies out there listening, um, yeah, if you were like me when you heard the name Exodus Black, your eyes should be going Bing! because that's like, oh my god, what did we just encounter? I think there's like a billion. There's you know there's a billion theories out there now about you know back looking back on the old lore from Destiny One, what we know about. Texas Black and all that stuff. Now we, there's so much cool stuff that they could do now. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I think in in a lot of respects, story was very strong, um, but also, in my opinion, the weakest part of the game. Not that that was a, a complete letdown, but we, I think, in my opinion, and I don't know, if, I don't want to speak for them if they feel this way. I think that they could have done more with the story than what they did to make it absolute amazing. And when you complete the everything, it just comes out okay. Uh, so in t- okay, I think I think they did enough. I yeah. I think that they could have done more, but you can always do more. I think they, <laughs> they did keep coming back to the same thing. Yeah. Like, okay. Let's move on. Yeah. What else do we want to talk <laughs> yeah. about? Lost sectors. Let's, do we want to talk about lost sectors? Before we do get into any of that, I kind of want to break in. Okay. Um, for a little bit, and I just want to give a shout out to 4D3 Design Studio for making this amazing decal. We will be having the link on the show. No notes. Bravo. So big shout out to 4D3 Design Studio for making our decals. They are up for sale. Um, and this bad boy only costs $10. So that was cool. Hopefully I get a big screen behind me and I can put this up. But again, shout out to them. And David, why don't you go ahead and talk about Mash Those Buttons? Well, Mash Those Buttons is your ultimate resource for video game commentary, reaction, and involvement by a variety of opinionated and informed gamers who love gaming of all kinds. Covering a large swath of gaming, we cover the latest news and information on the games you care about and always provide unfiltered commentary and fun. Check out all the killer podcasts available today right on the Mashos Buttons website at www.mashosbuttons.com. And let's talk about the absolute strongest part of this game. And I'm going to say this. It, I, I don't care what you guys say. It's the absolute strongest <laughs> uh-huh, part of the game. We'll see and that, that is the content. There is okay. so much to do. I expected you to say something else. <laughs> <laughs> there is absolutely so right. much to do. Do you remember? So do you remember much to have fun with. When someone said, we want there to be so much content that they complain about there being too much content. Well, here's the thing. I've heard people complain about there being too much content because people don't know what to do. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm yeah. one of them. I have, I literally, I, I, I'm like, I'm like, this is like Destiny, Destiny 2. There, it is my hands. My hands are Destiny 2. I'm like, Ricky Bobby right now in Talladega. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> yeah, so I'll give you guys who are watching a little bit of a hint as to what to do. Do the story as quickly as you can. Whatever it says shows there for Red, uh, Red War, do that. If the Red War is too hard and you need to level up, go do Lost Sectors. It because I can't... Well, save Adventures and there's a reason why. Do Lost Sectors. And the reason I say do Lost Sectors is, unfortunately, in terms of content, and you know how excited I was, they're the weakest mm. activity. I agree. I uh, definitely okay. agree. Okay, here's the thing. There are First Lost though, Sectors that, that get harder and require you to have more power, but they don't, they're not all that difficult once you get to the appropriate level. They're, they're, in terms of difficulty, it would be the same as if you were to go into a regular lost sector at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Two you things. want to talk about those can now? I, can, I, can I chime in real quick? Yeah. Okay. Two things. One, play the game however f you want. Don't listen to the whore. Hey, do whatever you want in whatever order you want. Okay. Yeah. Preach. Two, second thing. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> uh, lost sector thing. My quick tidbit is, I don't think they're as bad as people are making them out to be. I think 
this is my personal opinion that you guys can rant on. I think people were expecting strikes in patrol form, and it's not what we got. What we got is similar to a dungeon that you get in games like Skyrim or ESO, where it's like you go in, you kill some enemies, you fight a boss, you get the loot. And like that's in Skyrim, especially caves, um, like little groves, That that's the type of thing you fight and in what you would be the lost sectors, these little hidden things that just have a few enemies, a boss, loot. And my only disappointment with lost sectors really is the fact that they're not lost. They're on your map. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, that we know of. Remember, it's always, especially with this team, with Luke, Luke Smith and Mark Noseworthy, they're known for putting in secrets. So right. it wouldn't surprise me if the lost sectors that you have on your map aren't all of them, it, it it would be, it wouldn't be out of the norm to have random lost sectors that don't even have any icons. And you're the first one to discover them. And those might have the better loot and the harder play. You never know. I hope so, because the ones that we've encountered, the, the one of the best ones is in the EDZ, where you go in and it's actually rather lengthy. Um, it's a fallen one, and it's right outside of where the um, you know, the public event where the 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 giant servitor is. There's one in there where you, where you go through the caves, and there's a giant area, uh, where there's fallen all over the place up top above you. You clear those out, you go through, and then there's um like a mini tunnel that has mines along it. And then um, there's another area where you have to clear out more guys, go through uh, more mini tunnels. And at the last area, there's the ruins of what looks to be um, some sort of building. There's a destroyed um, one of the spider tanks mm -hmm. and more enemies there. That felt like an actual that felt like a good size lost sector. Yes. That one felt really, really good. Um, it had stages. It, like had, it almost like it had stages to it, which is what exactly. I expected them to have. All of them. Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of them are go through a mini tunnel. There's a room, kill some guys, go to the next room, done. Yeah. A lot of them were one I, I, room. Right. So I, I don't think that they all have like they all have to be super strikes. That's not what I was looking for. I'm not I, I definitely wasn't looking for strikes. If I want to do strikes, I'll pick a strike playlist, which are pretty awesome. But right. Which are very cool. And um, we'll talk about that in a second. But the actual lost sectors themselves, I think, were disappointing because I felt that outside of that one that I showed, almost all of them follow that same pattern. In fact, the one that I'm talking about, you can't even advance to the next area until you clear out the major of that area. Like they have the blue walls that, that pop up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really cool because it forces you to actually engage the stuff. All the other lost sectors, you could pretty much jump across the enemies Activate your super, take out the boss that's there, yep. get the key, open the chest, get the heck out of Dodge. Speaking of taking out bosses, if you want to be a true boss taking out expert, become a golden gun hunter and unlock the precision damage thing. Because let me tell you, no enemy can stand in your way. Is it that strong? Oh, dude. It is very it's strong. Literally, okay. <laughs> total spoiler. 100% spoiler. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to stop listening for 30 no, seconds. No, yeah. no, no. I know what you're going to say. No, no you're not yeah, going to say I'm that. I'm going to no, say it. No, I'm we're going to say it. Save it for next week. I'm going to say it. Say 
Okay, no, I'm gonna it, say it, and it'll it's be semi. It's gonna be edited out of the There's show. There's a really strong anyway. boss that you fight. No, no, yeah. quiet. Yeah, I'm David, saying it. Quiet. It's saying it. David, quiet. It's okay. It's okay. There's a really. This will be edited out of the show. No, it won't. Anyway. No, it won't. <laughs> it wasn't spoiling. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Well, since it's going to be edited out. It's not going to be edited out. That's beautiful. So, yes. Also, Golden I, got my is very I just got my Kellogg's XP boost, finally. Go Speaking on. of cool. that, good segue. <laughs> So, in terms of content, Lost Sectors are the weakest part. Strikes are very cool. Most of them are, are pretty cool. There's some that are weaker than others. In fact, I think that the one from the beta is actually one of those. I think it's actually oh, we one of the weakest. I haven't actually played the Strikes yet. Okay, you, you want to know, you know something? No. I was getting so frustrated at the strike from the beta the other day because I was playing it with two people who I'm assuming were newer to Destiny. And um, I was on this. I was on the final boss fight for 45 minutes because we'd get to the third stage oh where you have all the enemies coming and the fanatics coming and they would keep pulling. Their, they were both warlocks. They, they both kept pulling their dawn blades and throwing them at the boss rather than the 45 enemies coming at us. <laughs> So then we just kept dying, <laughs> and I just oh. was banging my head against the wall. That's all. Go back to talking. Right? Yeah, the so Pyramidon I think is one of the best strikes um, there. Like I said, it's it's a mini Vault of Glass. You even have moments where you have to do specific things from the Vault of Glass, mm -hmm. and it looks absolutely fantastic. It it uh, I will do some strikes with you after this show, uh, Jordan. Okay. Sounds good. Hoping that we get sounds good. Pyramidon. Let's do it because, because I have I, only done the beta strike. How about you shut up, spoiler big pants? Anyway, oh Jordan, damn, I will do some. Holy shit! I will I do felt, some strikes I with that. you. I felt that. Good. Good. That's because it bounced off me because I don't care. Oh, oh yeah. Anyway, bounce off I, me. I want you to experience Pyramidon because that we saved from golf. Not the puppies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Pyramidon is absolutely fantastic. I think it's one of the best strikes that they've had in there. Uh, the one knock beyond that, um, with besides the lost sectors, is that there are some repeating enemies that I didn't want repeated. And what I mean by that is, this isn't really a spoiler because it has nothing to do with the story. It would be like somebody saying that um, Archon's Forge is spoiled. Hey, you There's fight nothing there fallen. to spoil. So the spoiler that the spoiler that I'm going to be talking about is a public event on Titan where you have the witches and there's a ritual that you do. If you activate the heroic version, oh, okay. it spawns a boss. Yep. The boss is basically a modified version of Allah Cool. Uh -huh. it, the only thing that's different is that he looks different. He has the same axe. He looks more like a knight. Yeah. But oh, it's, yeah. it's basically Allah Cool. I he has the same moves. He, he if, if his if his head blows off, he's it, like like if he takes too much damage, his head will blow off, and then he'll start charging after you. There, it, it, it's basically all, the Allah Cool fight, right? And I which don't if, like if you that. didn't catch on already, the Taken are also in it, which Jorge doesn't like. <clears throat> I the only thing I, I the only problem I have with the Taken is that they look 
outside of the the actual taken effects the glowy part they look exactly like the destiny one version and they're like H- whereas they're like everything HD taken right yeah. Whereas everything else looks different. Yes. Like the phone looked drastically different. Oh, yeah. The hive looked drastically different. Dude, the hive the ball, same thing. I just now that we mm-hmm. get to see them in game, it's like what they have a freaking crossbow, bro. Yeah. So like those guys, they look freaking cool, man. Different and, and menacing them and, and the witches, like the, 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 the wizards, the actual regular hive wizards, mm-hmm. they look threatening. Yeah. And then you get the the taken and they're just like enhanced version of the Destiny One one. Even the moves are exactly the same. The only ones that are slightly different are the majors. Like, for example, the uh, the major wizard, like, she has horns on her head. And same thing with the major knight. They'll have horns and, like, different effects. And that that's... I like that. Yeah. But there's not enough differences in the look of the, the Taken. And I think that that's unfortunate. Um. So... I don't know. In the story... I don't know if you guys noticed this. And this is kind of random. I just want to bring mm-hmm. it up for like a minute or two. Um, mm-hmm. In this story, there's a point where you're going through. I think it's when it's either when the hive or the taking come in mm-hmm. for the first time. You hear a shriek and it's it's very evident oh, to be like yep. an omnigal shriek because she does mm-hmm. scream differently. And your ghost makes a comment. Oh, hey, that sounded familiar. Did you hear that? Yeah. Yep. And then it drops it. And I didn't know what to take about that because it literally never went back to that. And Omnigal's supposed to be gone, but her scream was always different than other uh, witches, wizards, whatever they are, screams. And it was very evidently like hers. Yeah, so well, hers is just, like markedly that. different. It's louder. Yeah. It's longer. It's got the trills. It's at got the, the end cackle. Of it. it was it was an Omnigal scream. Or yeah, something I mean, similar. Yeah, yeah, you have the Omnigal scream. And then you have the the Death Singer sisters yeah. or whatever that noise is. Like yes. there's there's individual noises for those characters. And then to have all of a sudden Omnigul scream again like that. It was weird. Yeah, I, I don't, we I killed don't know. her in the Ascendant Realm as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned. So I'm curious. And then she came this... back as Taken. Yeah, that's true. But Omnigul didn't come back as Taken. Wasn't she Taken when in oh, the no, like... Strike Redo? Wait, hold on. Mm. It was uh not on the goal. No, yeah. No, she did not come back, damn it. Well, don't worry about no. it. We're not talking about that. No, we we kill Omnigul in the Omnigul strike. We don't we don't ever fight her in the Ascendant Realm. I in thought fact, I thought they, when they redid the strike, she was taken. Mm, I don't know. No, it's been a while since I played that strike. No, she it, it's Hold regular on. Omnigul. Yeah, maybe. The only thing that they say oh, is no, uh, that, Ir-Yut. see Iryut's dead. That was Ascendant Realm. We killed her. Well, Iryut is dead. Because she comes back in the um, what is it in the 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 mission where you go back to Crota's end? There's two of them too. Yeah. Well, yeah. She's a Death Singer, so there's got to be more. We know there was more than one. Right. Regardless, and, it was just weird to hear her scream. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So they definitely reuse certain sounds. Not entirely thrilled about that, but I kind of get it. So. Well, hopefully it leads it is what it somewhere is. because it's sort of weird to hear that. And not I was I was surprised on. that it didn't. I expected to like end that mission by seeing Omnigal. Mm-hmm. I I did too. I I definitely did. Um, the one thing I will say, some of the best story and content that you'll encounter in this game 
is in the Savathun strike. The Savathun song strike. I, I'm not going to spoil it, I don't know what it is. because I want you guys to experience yeah, it, it and everybody at home to experience it. But once you realize what certain things are and what is actually happening, it'll kind of like creep you out. And it's just like, what? So <laughs> all I got to say is do the strikes playlist. Try to get Savathun's uh, song because... When you realize what certain things are that you're shooting at, that's when your mind gets blown. That's all I'm going to say. Hmm. Okay. All right. What's next? All right. So we got, we talked about lost sectors. We yeah. talked about, um, I think strikes I think a little bit, basically everything in the game. I mean, we didn't talk about crucible, but I haven't touched crucible. Yeah. I haven't touched crucible. I don't honestly, I don't want to talk about that yet because I want to play this week. Yeah, mm-hmm. too, I'm focused too. on the raid. And then after the raid, My I'm initial... going to play crucible. My initial impression of Crucible is Crucible is a lot of fun. All right. It's it's go. it's it's really balanced. Um none of the exotics that you have even though everybody will swear up this isn't a spoiler. Everybody will swear up and down that Mida multi-tool is godlike. You realize very quickly that you can do almost the same exact thing with a regular scout rifle. The only the, mm-hmm. the only big thing is that you have uh just like in Destiny 1 you have third eye, and then you have quick motion. And then paired with another kind of spoilery weapon, Mita Mini Tool, it like you have more power. Or or both of them have like they share perks or whatever. Right. It's, it's it's a weird combination. I'm still working through it. It's exactly <laughs> yeah, I need what, to, what I it need is. I didn't get there yet. That's I'm really excited to get that weapon back because that was my bay. But yeah. I destroyed people with a, just a regular scout rifle. Uh, just okay. a regular Did, ordinary scout rifle, an energy scout rifle, which is basically a regular scout rifle. Energy scout, uh, energy weapons and crucible feel amazing, especially when you when you're charging at somebody that has they're super activated and you're just watching their health dead, dead. Oh, you using um, SMGs against them? I don't use SMGs. I I do have a regular uh, energy auto rifle. Mm, okay. And I also have an uh, an energy pulse rifle that does a lot of good stuff. Just those headshots. It has head seeker on it, so it's just nice. headshots cool. dead, cool, dead, cool. dead. Cool. Did uh, did we want to talk about the shader stuff, real quick? Oh yes, there's a huge controversy brewing right now with shaders because everybody's going <laughs> with controversy. the thought. What does this world come to? It hey, is what it is. In, in the words, so this is, Leopard Stealth tweeted this, and I thought it was beautiful. He said, you know you've created a good game when people are, com- the only thing people are complaining about is cosmetics, which is totally true. Yep. True. Yeah, I, I mean, so let's get the background. In Destiny 1, shaders changed the appearance of your armor. Um, it wasn't until updates that every armor became available to be modified in terms of look, but regardless, it changed the look of your mm-hmm. armor. In Destiny 2, shaders change the appearance of everything from ghosts to weapons to armor to did I already say your ships? No. Ships, oh, ships and sparrows as well. As well. Yeah. Ships, sparrows, everything. It, it it can change everything, which is cool. Um, and the problem is you don't just equip one shader and be done with it. It's a one-time consumable yep. that you use on that specific armor piece or whatever. So everybody's like, why are we, like, why is it one time? This is absolutely ridiculous. 
you're selling it at, at on, on Eververse, you want to steal our money, blah, blah, blah. Thing is, you get these, I don't think people, people didn't give it enough time. It's, it's literally been two days. Everything. I, I looked at my inventory. I promise you, I've not purchased anything from Eververse. I literally have 250 shaders <laughs> for for that I can use on anything from ships to ghosts to to thing like I just started using them because I was like you know what I have a lot yeah it's like I I have I have so much that I'm I'm there's no way I'm going to be have able a whole possibly... air section of your vault dedicated to mm-hmm. that it's like well people so yeah. so people are really frustrated because um, Destiny one shaders change your whole look with yeah. one shader mm-hmm. is reusable. Destiny 2, it's each piece, your gloves, your helmets, this. So people are frustrated that because it's one-time use and it's one thing, if they get a shader they like, they can't use it on everything. But, I mean, I personally think it's fantastic, and I agree with Luke Smith tweeted out basically explaining why they did this, and I agree with why they did it. It gives you a reason. Say you like this shader, um, you know where you can get it from. They all have specific places these shader come from. So go grind mm-hmm. that activity. It's now creating another grind for you to go through, which some people don't like the grind, but I like that because they it gives you something so easily, to play though. for. They do. It's it's basically an automatic drop, basically. Right. So it, it basically just adds something else for you to hunt for and work for. And I like that because whether you realize it or not, that's added content. Yeah. I mean, it, it's you're literally I, I just open up chests throughout the EDZ or when I'm on patrol or going from mission to mission looking for lost sectors and, and regional chests and I get so many and it, it, it would be one thing if they were behind a paywall but no this is very clearly in like everything you do mm-hmm. you can pick up specific shaders or whatever and from Eververse and you have to you know and you would buy them but I'm getting them from literally everything. And every time I level up, I get that that one engram that I take over to Eververse. And she just drops a whole bunch of crap on me. So Eververse, I don't think, is as big a problem as it was in Destiny 2. In fact, I think that the, it's the most improved part, which encourages people to spend more money on specific engrams or specific things that they want. Get a specific uh, emote. By the way... Let's talk about those emotes, emotes real quick. They are hilarious. There's one where the guy has a neon table form and he literally flips yes, it over. Yes, I want that so bad. Those are the exotic <laughs> ones, just to be clear. The exotic ones, they have essentially like a hologram that you can interact with. Your character does things like the table flip. There's a, I can go through a couple. Ramen. Yeah. I did not know those even existed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. I have one. Um, I have a, I have a bottle shooter where you go up a six shooter, you go pop, 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 and you shoot a bunch of neon bottles that appear in front of you. The ramen one's hilarious. Yeah. The ramen one's long. He's like, he gets the ramen, he eats the ramen, and he drinks the bowl, and then he throws the bowl over his shoulder. It's like, holy shit, that's a whole <laughs> emote. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's that cool. the, the emotes Very are really cool. well done, and the fact that you can get them from playing the game you can get everything. That's the big difference between Destiny 2 and Destiny 1 when it comes to Eververse. You can get everything from Eververse by playing the game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, and the armor pieces that drop, when you look at them, they only have like five power. The, the legend. So, it, it, again, th- those those armor pieces, just like in Destiny 1 with the Spectar stuff, 
it's cosmetic and you can boost it up with actual higher light or high so used to saying light higher power stuff so in terms of adversity i think they did it right i think there's still an incentive to buy if you want but you when you realize when you're playing this game and you're actually looking at it you're like you know i probably don't have to do that because as i'm playing the game i'm going to be able to get more right and the best thing too that they add into this game that not that there's not enough people talking about it and i want to applaud bungie because they did something that fixes certain things for people and nobody's talking about it again again it, it just drives me nuts that nobody's talking about it <laughs> engrams have their own page they're on their own page they're not taking up any splots splots they're not taking up any spots in my like uh, primary weapons or secondary like it, it it's in its own space it's doing its own thing it's staying there it's like let's you talk, stay there let's talk about the space that they're in you have a limited space that they're in now you the days of hoarding engrams are effectively over they've been over since the game started and the reason is if you look at the power it tells you yep. right there like what the maximum is going to drop exactly at. so you have a limited amount of space and the engrams are locked at a certain power level. You have a bracket, essentially. It tells you where it starts. I think that's what the number means. That's You'll get at least that out of it, correct? Mm -hmm. And it could be correct. High, but Correct, because it can, it, it can decrypt it on the exotic. Correct, yeah. So it's, yeah, I, I love it because it's like you just, it's actually helped level you faster because you're just like, boop, mm -hmm. boop, 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 knocking things out, deleting things. I've, I've, I, I just... I haven't like quite gotten used to deleting things yet. I'm just wholesale deleting stuff as I get it. And that's it's still that's still a new feeling to me because I've played Destiny 1 with the same loadout for like a year. <laughs> Which yeah. know, I was like, I just didn't need anything else. And at the end of Destiny 1, we were so powerful. I could have played with a sidearm the whole time and probably been okay. Now it's like I'm switching weapons, switching gear constantly. And it's fantastic. Yeah. The one thing that you definitely have to get used to is the fact that the infusion system is more punishing than it was in Destiny 1. Why is it more punishing Taken in your King. opinion? Material-wise. So, so here's the oh, thing. Right. In Destiny 1, primary goes to primary, secondary goes to secondary, heavy goes to heavy. Mm -hmm. Destiny 2, it is hand cannon to hand cannon. Whether it's kinetic or energy, auto rifle to auto rifle, same thing, kinetic or energy, doesn't matter. And let's say you're trying to power up and you, you the best weapon you have is, let's say, a scout rifle. Mm -hmm. And you get a sidearm, you can't put that sidearm into the, the, to the scout rifle. Let's say you're only getting sidearms, like that, that can lead to issues. So that, I, I don't know of a proper fix because the system... It's kind of built for that. And what I mean by that is if you make it so that only kinetic weapons can infuse kinetic weapons, mm -hmm. then you have a situation where energy weapon, it becomes a little bit harder. So they definitely made the system for infusion harder and more reliant on RNG than it was in Destiny 1. I like the new system. I, I don't yeah, mind that because... I think it's okay. The, well, I mean, for example... I did the Nightfall. Okay. 
I completed it, and I leveled up uh, my Vanguard or whatever. I, I did a couple things. In fact, we did some clan stuff. Um, everybody gets uh, engrams from oh, that. thanks for that, and by the, the way. <laughs> and the weapons that dropped were sidearms. I'm like, oh, God, come on. So then I went to Zavala after I completed the Nightfall. He gives you a reward, and it's like, boom, sidearm. It's like, I can't use these things. They're not gonna help. They're not gonna level up my my primary. Like I don't have a primary sidearm, and I, you don't want to use a primary sidearm. You kind of want to use an auto rifle. What you get against sidearms? They're you gunnist. Okay. Yes, they're okay, but it's just I, I don't. I want to be able to use my scout rifle, and I can't use that thing to infuse. Like you're it, you're you're at the mercy of RNG. Yeah. I don't know, man. I so like if it, it. Gives you a scout rifle. You, you're lucky. I hear what you're Doesn't saying. Give you it slows down the game. I like it. I don't want it to be super fast paced. I mean, think about, think about um, how, like, I know the the Ingram thing stops this, but think about how fast you could level up when expansions came out. Destiny one towards the end, you'd hoard Ingrams, mm-hmm. you'd start, you'd level some, go play a little, level some, play a little, level some, and you'd be max level in like three hours. Now, mm-hmm. um. I mean, I I think the max person I know is in like the two seventies. I don't know any two seventy nine. Yeah, it's like it's so slow now, which is good to me because you have that, you have the Ingram thing, and it makes it so you have to actually play to be able to level up more, and it makes it so leveling up isn't based around infusion as much as it is playing, which is what I think it should be. Eh. Mm. <laughs> Personal opinions. Mm. Personal opinions. No, I I don't mind that the the special activities such as the flashpoints, the the milestones, um, the nightfall, the ones that are going to get you higher light stuff. I don't have a problem with that. I I I'm not entirely thrilled with the infusion system, and I don't know how you honestly fix it without making it kind of like Destiny One, where kinetic kinetic energy energy power. See, power. but but you say fix it. Because you think it's broken, but I don't think it's broken. So I don't think it requires a fix. Is, is I my think whole that point. It, I think that it kind of limits you. I like that it limits you. I think it should limit you. I think infusion was over the top before. Mm, I, I, and and no, I, 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 I disagree because now you're forced into weapon types. You were forced into armor types before. Armor types you were, but weapons no. You have, and, and now you are kind of now you kind of now you have weapon you types. Have to, so say for primary kinetic weapon, you have what five weapon types: hand cannon, auto rifle, submachine gun, scout rifle, sidearm. But here you like, have five look, look armor types, so it's but the exact same as armor. But the strongest weapons that I have are sidearms. I, that's it, it, I unfortunate can't go rng like that's just your unfortunate rng at this time that's making exactly. you say this though like that happens i played all of taken king with the default um thousand yard stare that you get because i never got another one that was my unfortunate rng affecting me mm-hmm. in that case it's just rng which is part of this game it's not the way infusion system works like i said you have the same amount of armor pieces as you do weapon types and to me, I'm getting more weapon drops than I am armor drops. So theoretically, I should have more chances to improve my weapons than I do my armor. But I, I think know. I understand where you're coming from, but I think the way they've limited 
the infusion system makes the infusion system better. I don't know. But one I... thing we have going for us is the fact that we don't have to have the most powerful thing equipped in order for it to count towards the next item we get as a drop. So, yes, right. mm -hmm. you may have a bunch of sidearms that are your most powerful weapons, but if they're close to the ones that you're using, yeah, it's you're losing a little DPS. Your power is a little lower than it could be on your character as you're playing through the games. But chances are, with the amount of drops that we are getting in this game, you probably will get a get something. You probably, excuse me, you probably will get something pretty soon. That's so. My opinion is it's not broken. Maybe it could use revision, but I. We've only played for two days. Give it a, a week. Wait till next mm. episode and see how you think about it. Yeah, again, these are just initial impressions. Yeah, they're not the. We're definitely not experts on the game. Nobody's an expert. Um, it's just how we feel, and at this time, you you are limited by RNG, and and that's going to take some some getting used to for a lot of people, and if your RNG gives you sidearms. You're going to have to use sidearms <laughs> or you're just going to have to keep them in your inventory until you get a more powerful scout rifle or auto or whatever. Do we have anything so, else you want to talk about before we move to messages from the reef? Um, uh, I think we're in a good spot with regards to that. Yeah. So um, with regards to the game, we definitely covered the content, the controls, the gameplay, um, a lot of our feelings on the game. So... Let's move on to the next section, Messages from the Reef. Messages from the Reef is your section where we involve you, the listening audience, and people sending us questions or watching live on, on Twitch. So if you want to get involved with Messages from the Reef, send us an email to inorbitpodcast at gmail.com or send us a tweet on Twitter at inorbitpodcast or watch live and send questions there. David, what is the question? So our first question comes from Jason Buchanan. He says, do you think they'll... Bucken. Bucken, sorry. I apologize. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Are you reading the old ones? Or did he send a new one in? Uh, I don't know. Am I going to have to edit? I'm looking at our show notes. Yes. Yeah, he's yes. reading the old ones. <laughs> Yeah, you are. <laughs> well, how am I supposed to know? These no, are what no, you guys no, gave me. It's fine. Me. It's fine. We just forgot to remove them. <laughs> it, it's yeah, all right. So, we'll, we'll edit this. Give, give, me the, give me the new questions. And uh, So we do have a question from Juan who's asking basically the same question that you asked me earlier, David. What are your favorite activities to do in Destiny 2? And what activities do you think are going to be added in the game if there's anything added in the future? Uh, well, I already answered my favorite, uh, public events, but, uh, do I think they're going to add anything? Uh, I, oh man, I could speculate about things they could add for forever. I think they've already shown their intent, uh, that they're going to add things. We got a kind of a roadmap for this month, which is something we never had before. And I really hope to see a roadmap for every month coming out from Bungie. Hey. Incorrect. In fact, at the beginning of Destiny One, we actually had a roadmap. Okay. Well, the first month. This roadmap. And then it just went went out was the window. Pretty, after that. pretty detailed, and mm -hmm. I don't remember the Destiny One roadmap, so I'm sorry I misspoke. But mm -hmm. uh, they put for week four um, is rally to faction or faction rally something like that. 
mm-hmm. which is where we, for the first time, are seeing Dead Orbit, Future War Call, and New Monarchy back in this game. And I really want to know what that is because I, it, I feel like it's going to be the faction wars people have been asking for for the longest time. So I'm super pumped for it. It's going to be something that's going to like be like, I don't know if it's going to be a war that we're thinking of. But. Well, I'm not talking like fight each other war. I'm talking like, so MMOs have this a lot where you commit like to a, a faction. Like Destiny e- even Day, Pokemon maybe. Go has this. You commit to a Mortal faction. Kombat has it. Yeah, you commit to a faction hmm. and then it's basically like your clan XP, but your faction XP. So whose faction can do the most strikes, can do the most nightfalls, can kill the most enemies in the wild, can loot the most chests. And then at the end, uh, whichever faction has done the most gets extra rewards, basically. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yep. Just to jump on that particular topic, that actually is one of the things I'm looking forward to the most in the game is the, the those faction rallies or whatever they're calling them. Um, everything else uh, we sort of knew was going to happen for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. But without getting another thing that I'm really excited to see that they, I hope they add into the game are some of the things that I am now theorizing about based on the end of the campaign and um, the uh, things that we learn um, sort of I, I, at the end credit scene. I'll just say it. There's an end credit scene. I think everyone knows there's one. So that's not a spoiler at this point. Um so make sure you watch the credits and then stay. Um, you can skip the credits and still see it. Yes, true. Skip the credits mm-hmm. if you want. Uh, although the song's cool and there's cool graphics and stuff to watch. Um, and Bungie thanked the community. They did. Um, yeah, that that was that was really nice. That the way they did that, I should say. Um, and uh, you know, you guys mentioned. Speaking of that, there's a whole thing that goes on about like your guardian and what you've done. I think that happens at that point. Like I haven't actually seen that because I started on a newer account that didn't really play Destiny One that much, so I didn't get to see that yet. I need to see it. So. Yep. So yeah, I, I think in terms of content, um, I think strikes and public events are both uh, my favorite stuff, and I think that they're going to be adding more strikes um, as as the year progresses. We're, we might get like a strike in a month or two, something like that, that another strike later on strikes with the new DLC, which based on what we've, what has been reported by Kotaku has been called curse of Osiris. Um, we obviously got the raid coming out next week, which is going to be interesting given the outcome of the story. Like I think everybody, what the heck is the raid? We can't talk about that yet because we can't spoil the story. Only only thing we know is that there's a quest that in the game about the world eater. Yeah. Um, the raid is called Leviathan. And the story kind of flips what you expected is like, um, what? <laughs> and then on top of that, um, because I did buy the collector's edition, um, you can check out our YouTube or on Twitter um, with regards to the, the collector's edition unboxing that I did. The book kind of tells you, this isn't a spoiler because it's in the actual contents that Bungie gives you, um, that Emperor Callus, which is the emperor before Dominus Gaul, he wants you to kill, or he, looks, he sounds like he's talking to you. He wants you to kill specific people. 
one of them being Gaul, the consul, his own daughter, because they all plotted against him and overthrew him. And because he's so beloved by the Cabal people, instead of killing him, they exiled him on a ship called Leviathan. The raid is called Leviathan. What is going on? So oh, I didn't know that. Wait, say that again, because I haven't actually looked at my collector's edition stuff. I want to think about that. Yep. So why don't you guys go ahead and talk a little bit while I go ahead and get the book? Okay. I'm interested so. in this one. Um, okay. So, so basically. Oh, do we have another question? Uh, I don't know. Jorge has the questions and he just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, he's going to be uh, right back, literally. Literally yeah, right no, he's now. literally getting the book. Basically, so. what he basically what he was saying, he's going to read more exacts, was that um, the emperor from before has a ship called Leviathan, and yes. the raid is called Leviathan, and the emperor is supposedly talking to you. I don't know how, maybe a letter or something. Jorge yeah, I guess my question, second. Jorge, was um, who was exiled to the ship? It was the the old, old emperor. emperor. Right. So this is the book that they give you with the collector's edition. It looks like an actual book. And if it's you look at it, shiny you can see the face. This, this is obviously for people who are watching live. This is, you can see the emperor's face on it. And you may have noticed this when you're playing the game, but this looks to be the emperor's sigil. Yes. That chalice. So in the book, again, this isn't really spoilers because... This is in... It's, it's kind of spoilers, but it's okay because it's in the book that Bungie gave us. Yeah, it's right. a collector's edition book, but at this point, you can watch YouTube videos and whatnot of it in wholesale. So, Yeah, so what's going on is the, this, this book tells you the story of the Cabal. This is basically the Cabal's version of um, the... Um, what is it called? The, the 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 books of sorrow. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. So, and it's unfortunate that people who didn't get the collector's edition won't be able to see this in game because, like I said, this has some fantastic stuff. Um, and if possible, um, spoilers on enemies that you'll be fighting in the raid. So, it starts off. Do you desire eternal greatness? Do you seek true freedom? I alone hold the power to grant you these gifts, if you prove yourself to me. Know that I am Callus, the last and greatest emperor of the Cabal. For centuries, I led the revels of my empire, and the stars themselves burnt sweet and clear. But in time, the jealous and the tight-fisted rose up and sent me into exile. And when the people called out for me, these envious rebels battered my cabal down into gray submission. I could go on, but I will will include the link for the digital version of this book in the show notes. And I highly recommend that you guys read it because, again, it's really cool to see this perspective. We, we get the perspective of Gaul. We don't know too much about the cabal outside of, you know, I'm talking about before Destiny 2. We didn't know too much about the Cabal outside of, you know, they invaded Oryx's ship. They were on Mars. They're 800 pounds and blow up planets for fun. Um, hmm. But this one is saying that this emperor, Emperor Callus, who was exiled because he was so loved by his people that if they executed him, it would have started a civil war and 
would have thrown everything into smithereens. Rather than killing him, they exiled him on the ship called Leviathan. And as we mentioned, the raid is called Leviathan. So there's something that happens in the story at the end, which is making us question everything. In the book, the emperor, and I'm talking about Emperor Callus, is giving you specific targets that he wants to kill. So the first one is his protector, Lictor Shayanet, or Shayantet, or whatever his name is. Then there's okay. Freeborn Otzot, a scion savant. Hmm. There is going through each one of them. Adel Moli Imoli, the Ever Everjoy. And what's cool too is they kind of give you images of what these enemies look like. Ooh, nice. If whoever's watching live. That is Lictor, the first one that I mentioned. This is story time with Jorge, by the way. We forgot to mention story this is a new segment. <laughs> story time. About one time only segment. <laughs> yes. This is yes. This is Otzot. This is the Scion Savant. So so could this raid then be we have to go take down these enemies traveling to different places to then free the old emperor mm. to restore peace to the cabal? Maybe. I don't know. That sounds kind of outlandish, but could it be this raid is no longer fight, 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 kill the final boss? It's now we're fighting to free this guy, maybe? Possibly. It wouldn't surprise me, and that would be an interesting way of looking at the raid. That would be really interesting. And in the book, in the book too, it tells you this is possible spoiler on how to beat them. So... He goes through the story of what who the characters are, what they were like to him or whatever, how they met or, or whatnot. So, for example, at the end of each one, it says, for example, so-and-so must die. Okay. And it tells you about him. So, for example, going back to Lictor, Shayanet must die. He is a bodyguard, centuries old and always vigilant. He has only one weakness. He will stand and fight. He doesn't know how to run. Make him feel like he's protecting something, and he'll battle to the end. Without me, what has Shayanet to protect? Why, brave adventure, he's like you. He does love his guns. So that might be what... Oh, uh, yeah. I, let's let's so cut it off that, now. That that let's cut this book, off. Yeah, because that whole book could be raid spoilers, really. Yeah, Possibly. Let's cut this off just in case. I'm, I'm not going to go into all of them. I just want to read was, the, the second one. Okay. And I promise that I won't talk about it anymore. <laughs> For example, this one is Atsat, and it says, Atsat must die. She can sense the hostility and focus of an assassin. Somehow, you must reach her undetected. Approach her in joy and trust, as I once did. Then you have hope. That's really so, cool. That's really cool. I'm going to have to read this. Now I'm going to be reading. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I want to read and play video games. How do I do this at the same time, guys? I don't know. You use but... your phone. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so we've gone a little off track. Uh, was there anything mm -hmm. else y'all would like to talk about this episode? No, I think I'm good. No, I think this episode's good. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's unfortunate that a lot of people won't be able to read this in-game because I think that this book, the one that... Unless you can read it once the raid is, comes out. I hope so. Because, like I said, the collector's edition um, book is really, really fantastic. And it feels like this game's version of the uh, Books of Sorrow, which we know are 
possibly the best lore that Destiny ever had. I'm talking about Destiny 1. We don't know about Destiny 2's lore yet because it's still progressing. Right, right. But this is like this book is absolutely fantastic. The graphics are awesome. Um, and I'm really, really, really excited to see if this translates to endgame. Whether these hints that, or things that are saying are actual hints. Um, and yeah. I I'm with you. I, I think we're at a good spot. Anything else you want to say, David? Only that uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to In Orbit. And uh, thank you to all who tuned in today on our live podcast. Uh, we're going to be going live every Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. If we do have a change of schedule, we'll let you know via Twitter uh, prior to the release of the show or the streaming of the show. Um, we are on a ton of platforms, so please make sure you're spreading the word for us. Best way to do this, simply share in orbit with others. We are on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Overcast for iOS, Downcast for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, Pocket Casts, YouTube, and we have an RSS feed. Links are available for each platform right on the Mashless Buttons website at www.mashlessbuttons.com. Right on. And make sure to stay tuned after the show to hear what's coming this week on Mash Those Buttons. And make sure to check out the other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network at mashthosebuttons.com forward slash shows to see all of our podcasts. And for any questions regarding scheduling, check mashthosebuttons.com forward slash schedule for scheduling details. You can check us out on twitter.com slash MTB site. Twitter.com slash podcast, especially to send us questions. Facebook.com slash buttons, YouTube.com slash buttons. Search us on YouTube for InOrbit Podcast for past live streams. Join us on Discord at HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash Discord.gg forward slash capital F lowercase a three capital T lowercase h ex. This is going to be in the show notes, folks, so don't worry. And email us any questions to inorbitpodcast at gmail.com. David, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at DS underscore Bolt or stream me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DS Bolt. No spaces, no underscores. Jordan, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at I am underscore Tbot and on Twitch streaming Destiny 2 at twitch.tv forward slash I am Tbot. And as always, you can find me on all the different social network sites and gaming platforms via my screen name, Go2NRG. That's G-O, the number two, N-R-G. My prior events are not a memory. It is momentum. It advances, leads, and controls, points and directs, shapes and forms. I may not enjoy everything that lies in front of me, but as in any story, the past needs resolution. We are the authors, the finishers of our fate. What is in my past is my prologue, and what is in my future is my destiny. On behalf of the entire In Orbit team, David, Jordan, Jarrett, and myself, we want to thank you for listening to this show, and as always, we'll see you on the next mission, or adventure, your destiny calls. <laughs>